Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, AJ Hogue, where AJ's more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's AJ with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. I'm AJ Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Speaking of the VIP program, I am working now with my technical team to change, to upgrade, to improve the VIP system. We're converting it, we're changing it into a slightly new system. Now, as a member, you probably won't notice much difference. A lot of it is just on the website. We're making some changes. One of the key changes we're making to the VIP program is I'm going to start giving you my best lessons from the past. See, one common request I get often are people who are VIP members asking for kind of the classic lessons, right? Because the VIP program has been going for eight years, over eight years. That's a lot of lessons. Eight years worth of lessons. So I decided to change the system. I decided to organize all of the VIP lessons and put them in order. Put them in a specific order designed to teach you, train you to speak at an advanced level, step by step by step. This is going to happen automatically. As a VIP member, you don't need to do anything, don't need to change anything. Just continue, as usual, to go to our courses site and get your new lessons every couple of weeks. And again, if you're not a member, well, now's the time. Join. Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Another thing we're going to do for the VIP program, we're going to add uh, another page to the VIP member area. And in that page, I'm not sure what we're going to call it. We'll call it extras or extra bonuses or something like that. And on that page, only for VIP members, I'm going to add extra stuff. I'll add recordings of our teleseminars, for example. We'll be doing a new teleseminar or webinar is another name for it. That's a, you know, a live, live chat online. We'll be doing one for VIP members only this coming month in August. So I'll record those, and I'll put the recordings in that extras area, the new extras area for VIP members. I will also do some extra movie technique lessons for VIP members, where I'll do longer 
movie technique lessons, full movie scenes from popular movies, and teach you all of the vocab and phrases and even some of the pronunciation used in those movie scenes. I'll add those to the VIP extras area also. So VIP members, be looking for some nice changes, nice improvements in the next couple of months. We probably need a couple months to make these changes. Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com EffortlessEnglishClub.com Yesterday, last night for me in Japan, did our book club show, another book club show, chapter six of Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. A chapter focused very much on skills and learning. And it's just so interesting because I do find, not about everything, but about most things I think in a very similar way to Robert Kiyosaki and agree with him very much. And I strongly agree with his ideas from chapter six, especially the fact that marketing and sales are two of the most important skills for, for making money. I was going to say for business, but really just in general for making money for financial freedom. You need marketing and sales skills if you choose to be an employee. Even if you choose to be an employee your whole life, you will improve your career. You'll get better jobs. You'll do much better job searching, much better in job interviews when you have strong marketing and sales skills. When you decide to do a a side business, side investing, it doesn't matter if it might be real estate, it might be stocks, it might be your own business, whatever, it doesn't matter. Again, sales and marketing skills, so, so important. You will not learn those skills in school. Not in high school, not in elementary school, of course, and not in university. I've mentioned before how I have actually tried to, I've tried to help out some family members and friends. After my business became successful, Effortless English, I I very much wanted to help some of my family and friends become more financially free, like uh, all the things that Robert Kiyosaki teaches. And I thought, I thought, well, maybe doing a partnership, doing a business with them or, or guiding them, helping them to create their own businesses, that's the way I can help them the best, right? It's the idea of give a man a fish and he eats one day and teach him to fish and he can eat for the rest of his life. I still agree. That's great advice. However, what I found out <laughs> in the very hard way, several, several, several times, is that Most people have no idea about what's needed for a business. And most people prefer to dream and think and focus on some great idea instead of learning these important business skills. Most people believe that the way to get rich with a business is to think of some idea that nobody else knows. 
some genius idea and that's how you get rich i don't know where where does this come from it's kind of a lottery mentality like you, you win the lottery right like gambling all you do is you need that one lucky thing and then boom you're rich and I, I, maybe that does happen sometimes but it's not how most people become rich it's a really bad strategy an extremely bad strategy for well, for becoming rich for becoming financially free for managing your money it's an extremely bad idea and a bad strategy that's not how you get financial freedom that's not how you build a business that's not how you become a good investor that's not how you become financially free it's not the idea everybody has ideas it's, it's very unlikely you will think of an idea that no one else knows that no one else has Rather, it's exactly these business skills that Robert Kiyosaki is talking about. First, understanding the basics of, of money, of finances, so the balance sheet, the income statement, right? Assets, liabilities, expenses, income. That's the very, very, very basic knowledge that you must have, and you must understand that. And then the skills, the skills to be able to market and sell. I'm not going to name any names, but <laughs> I've seen this in my attempts to help people where, okay, they'll come up with an idea. I'll help them come up with the idea sometimes for a business. And then they think, that they think they've done all the work at that point. They think, aha, well, I've done it. This is it. I've got the idea. And they, they become very, very, um, what's the word? Disillusioned is, is, is the word, I guess, but it's a little bit difficult word. Disillusioned means kind of uh, surprised in an unhappy way. <laughs> they become a little upset when they suddenly realize that the idea is maybe 1% of the business. And then they realize they have to now spend hours and hours and hours and days and weeks and months and years learning marketing and sales. And at that point, most of them just become lazy and quit, I've noticed. Most of them become lazy. They don't want to do the work. They don't want to learn those skills, right? Because they had this gambling mentality. Ah, oh, we got the idea. Boom! And then it's all going to be easy, easy money. And then when they start to realize, oh, it's not easy money. No, it's actually work and skill that makes you rich, that gives you financial freedom, that builds a successful business. Then all the motivation goes away. I've seen it again and again and again and again. So if you you are serious about financial freedom building assets you've got to be very serious about that chapter chapter six robert kiyosaki you have to become very serious about learning these skills understanding the finances you know, assets liabilities income and expenses and then getting these very important skills marketing and sales especially if you're doing a business marketing and sales the two most important 
Now, if you're doing real estate, still important, especially if you're going to be selling houses or renting out apartments. Well, again, it's marketing, marketing and sales. You got to you got to attract people who will rent or buy your real estate and you want to attract the best ones, the ones that will pay you a good price so that you can make money. Still marketing and sales. If you do real estate, you're going to have to learn all about real estate. Lots of skills involved there. I can't teach you that because I don't know it myself. And of course, if you do any other kind of business, uh, then you're going to have to learn the specific skills necessary for that business. If you, For example, you open a restaurant, you're going to have to learn very specific skills about running a restaurant. And you will absolutely need marketing and sales, marketing and sales. This is a common problem I see with people who try to do restaurants. They think that all they need is, I don't know, pretty decorations and good food. And that's enough for a successful restaurant. Maybe you get lucky and that's enough, but usually it's not. You need strong marketing and sales. How do you get people into your good restaurant? How do you get them to try the food? How do you get them to talk about your restaurant to other people and spread the word of mouth? Marketing and sales. Marketing and sales again. Now, another aspect of this, of financial freedom, which I have called the baseline, like cutting your expenses as low as possible, living as simply as possible, financial self-control, financial discipline, financial discipline, discipline, financial discipline. Very important. I don't know if you call that a skill or you just call that a quality, but you must develop it. Super important. So financial understanding, maybe that's step one. Kiyosaki's assets and liabilities and the things we learned in the first few chapters. So financial understanding. And then step two. Step two, I would say, is financial discipline. So now that's controlling your expenses, cutting your expenses as low as possible. And then step three are those specific skills, learning those specific skills, especially marketing and sales. So let's talk, let's go back now and talk about number two, financial discipline, because I was recently reading, recently reading an old, very old, like a couple thousand years old writing, actually in a spiritual book, spiritual religious type book. What's interesting though is that it gave advice about money and financial discipline. Here's the advice. With your income, whatever income you have, live on 25%. That means you spend 25% of your income each month to live. Food, housing, shelter, whatever. Transportation, 25%. Another 25% you save for emergencies. So basically cash. 
put it in the bank or whatever. You save it for emergencies, right? Because emergencies can happen. You might have a medical expense. Your car might break. Whatever. Emergencies happen. So you save every month 25% of your income for emergencies. Something you can get where you can get the money very quickly. Cash, for example. And then 50%, the remaining 50% you invest. You invest the remaining 50% every single month. Half of your income you invest. And then another 25% you just save. And you only live on 25% of your paycheck of your income. This is about 2,000 year old advice. Now that's financial discipline. That's, I think that's an excellent formula. Excellent. It's actually, I'm actually doing that. That is very close to what I do. I only live on 20 to 25% of my income. That's about right. And then the other 75% I save or invest. How close are you to that? Hmm, I know, some of you, not close at all. <laughs> I know some of you are lucky to save 5% a month, and you're probably spending 95% of your income every single month. So now you have a standard. This is a very tough but excellent standard for financial discipline. How about making this your goal? Live on only 25% of your income. Whatever your income is, doesn't matter. If you're making $1,000 a month, then it means $250 every month. You live on that, and then you save $250, and then you invest $500 every single month. Every single month. And of course, if you're making $2,000 a month, then you double everything. Can you do it? Can you live on 25% of your income? Well, I'll answer the question for you. Yes, you can do it. The question is, will you do it? Do you have the discipline and the determination to do it? To live on 25% only? This is how you get financial freedom. Now, I already know what some of you might say. Some people will say, Oh, well, yeah, it's easy to do if you're making lots of money, but I don't make that much. Well, you're right. It is easier to do if you're making more money. You're absolutely right. But how do you get more money? <laughs> By buying assets. How do you buy assets? By saving more. You're absolutely right. If your income is very low right now, that's right. You're going to have to have a lot of discipline. This is why I lived in my car and my van for a year. That's exactly why I did it. To cut my expenses down super low. Now, I didn't have this exact formula, but in fact, at that time in my life, when I was living in my van, probably I was following something like this. It was probably pretty close. I was living on a very small amount and saving most of my income. It's also why... Again, when I was younger, making less money, I would often get jobs abroad in other countries. 
where I would have free housing, where part of my payment was a free apartment. Not free, of course. It means they paid for my rent. So I didn't have to pay rent. So once again, I got my paycheck and I could save about 70, 75% of my paycheck. And I did this, did this for many jobs, many, many jobs in several different countries. And then it just became a habit. This mental financial discipline became a habit. And as I started to make more money, as I started Effortless English and my income grew, instead of going crazy and buying lots of stuff, I continued to follow this basic formula. Now, the good thing is, of course, when your income goes up, if you, 25% of you know, $10,000 is a lot more than 25% of $1,000. So it's still nice, right? Your income still goes up. The amount you can spend each month goes up, which is a little more fun. But you're still only spending that 25%. What's really cool, though, is then as your income goes up, and you're saving or investing 75%, well, just imagine how fast your savings and investments grow when your income increases, when you get a raise at your job, when you buy assets and start to get more income coming in. It, it gets faster and faster, bigger and bigger and bigger. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. It, it can be tough in the beginning if you're making very little money then living on 25% of it is going to be tough. It's going to require extreme discipline. What's your choice? That or slavery? So you decide. Discipline or slavery? I recommend discipline. Speaking of discipline, remember I was talking about the history of Osaka Castle. Well, those samurai, imagine those samurai. Those were some disciplined guys. When I read about the samurai and about that period in history, I'm fascinated by that period of history. Fascinated by the samurai in general. So disciplined. Imagine the discipline it takes, for example, the self-control to kill yourself for honor the way they did it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I couldn't do it. I know I couldn't do it. Stab yourself in the stomach and then cut across your stomach <laughs> slowly. <laughs> Imagine the pain of that. And to do all that without screaming out. And then finally, hopefully, if you're lucky, your assistant chops your head off. <laughs> I mean, they were like supermen compared to us. <laughs> so, when you think again, when you think, oh, it's so hard to live on 25% of my income. Just imagine how tough those guys were. That's just a small example. Just imagine the discipline it would take to, to fight against another human with a sword and they're trying to cut you to pieces and you're face to face with them or in, in a big battle and in, in front of you this wall of swords and spears coming towards you all trying to cut you into little pieces stab you imagine the discipline to not run away that's discipline 
and that's real fear <laughs> okay that's real fear of dying in a in an extremely painful horrible way so again history gives us some a great perspective when we start to feel sorry for ourselves oh it's so tough to live cheaply in this modern world with all these conveniences Think back. Think back to your ancestors and all the things they had to endure. You still have it lucky. We still have it very, very, very easy. You know, another thing about that, uh, that, that battle, by the way, when I was talking about Osaka Castle and the battle for Osaka Castle and the different sides, that history, and the, the final winner was Ieyasu Tokugawa, who founded what's called the Tokugawa Shogunate. It's basically his family ruled Japan for uh, what, a couple hundred years, I believe it was. Well, one little fact I forgot to tell you during that story a couple days ago, that podcast I was telling the story of Osaka Castle and the, the battles around Osaka Castle. One thing I forgot to mention that impressed me so much was that in that final battle for Osaka Castle, uh, Ieyasu Tokugawa, the guy who's, who won, he was 74 years old during that battle. 74 years old, he was leading his army in this huge battle at the age of 74. Wow. So he became the undisputed, meaning no one was fighting against him anymore. He became the final winner, the, the big shogun of Japan at the age of 74. He participated in that battle at the age of 74. That's quite impressive. I had no idea it was that old. And he's out on the battlefield wearing armor. <laughs> Riding around his horse, giving orders. Pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. So that's another nice little bit of perspective, right? I think, wow. This guy achieved his final huge goal in life, his big mission. You know, becoming the top ruler of Japan. He achieved it at the age of 74. Now, among Japanese people... Tokugawa, Ieyasu Tokugawa, is he's famous for his patience. What Japanese people admire about him most and talk about him most, at least that I've heard, is how patient he was. Because he had to wait and wait and wait and wait many, many, many years until his chance to become the Shogun. He was never quite strong enough. He never quite had the forces to win until finally at age 74. So he, he patiently waited. He patiently waited. He patiently waited until his opportunity. Also a nice lesson for all of us, especially when you look at this, again, this financial situation. As I said, people are so impatient. The people I have tried to help with businesses they're so impatient. They think, oh, just come up with a, a cool idea, work a couple months, and then boom, they're going to be financially free and have this successful business. And then they find out, oh my God, I've got to learn all of these 
marketing and sales skills. I've got to practice them. I got to do them. I'm going to fail. And at some times then I'm going to have to learn and then try other things and do all these experiments. And it's going to require several years of working very, very, very hard and constantly learning all these new things. And then they just quit. They're not willing to just work a couple of years. They're not willing to just wait and prepare for their opportunity for just a couple years. And there's Ieyasu Tokugawa waiting until he's 74. Patiently. Waiting for his big opportunity. Decades. 10, 20, 30, 40 years slowly working towards his goal, slowly and patiently. His goal, his dream of leading unified Japan. And he did it. He did it, and he's he's one of the great men of Japanese history. We have these great advantages now because we've got cell phones and internet and cars and planes and all these things that allow us to do things so much faster, so much more quickly, so much more easily. That's great. They're such powerful tools, such powerful tools. This is good news. This is good, good, good news. But you know, everything comes with a price, I guess, or everything comes with a challenge. And the challenge of our age, the challenge of this time, is that all this convenience... Oh, some siren. I don't know, is that police or fire? I'm not sure. Looks like a fire truck. I'm talking to you from Osaka, Japan. I'm right in the middle of the city. You can probably guess from the noise, the fire truck going by. I'm standing in a little park, but it's next to a very, very busy road. So that's why the noise. Challenge. We were talking about challenge. Challenge and opportunity. There's this idea. I don't know if it's true because I don't know the Chinese symbols, but one of these common things you read in self-help books is that the symbol in Chinese, in Japanese too, I guess, the symbol for crisis is the same as the symbol for opportunity meaning that every crisis contains an opportunity, and perhaps also that every opportunity contains a potential crisis, a potential challenge or problem. Whether that's true or not about the symbol, it is a good idea. It is a true idea. And so I I often do see these things as two sides of the same coin. We've talked about opportunity hunting, that when you're faced with problems and challenges and difficulties in your own life or just in when you see them in the world that often you will find great opportunities inside of those problems and challenges and difficulties two sides of the same coin the other side is also true you can look at it the other way that often we will have situations or things in our lives or in general in our society that seem wonderful and great and amazing opportunities and conveniences but inside of them there are big potential problems 
And I think that's true with our technology. I think all of us can see this. All our cell phones and electricity and internet. Powerful, powerful tools. Great convenience. Make so many things much easier. And they also present some potentially big, big problems. And I think one of those big problems is that people become lazy because of these devices, this technology. It's so easy, it's so convenient that people become, it trains people to become lazy and impatient. Without all these great devices and technology, in the past people knew they had to work, often work hard for a long time to achieve things. But when people become used to everything, instant, very quick, 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 it can make you soft, it can make you lazy, it can make you impatient. And then, oh, just work, the idea of working hard for a few years to achieve something suddenly seems so difficult. Oh, I don't want to do it. So we always have to be careful, too. We have, uh, we have to hunt for opportunities in our problems. But we also must be careful of the opportunities because inside every opportunity is a potential future problem. So you have to be aware of this. You have to see the potential dangers of good luck, of ease, of convenience, of success, of success itself. This is a common idea in sports. Very common idea in sports. Sportscasters will talk about this all the time. A team that wins a championship and they're so strong. And what do they talk about for the next season? Oh, the team has to be careful not to get soft, not to get lazy, right? Because often after a team wins a championship, they relax. <clears throat> Oh, we finally did it. They had so much discipline. They worked so hard. They finally won the championship. And then it's very, very, very common the next year that they lose a bit of that discipline. They lose a bit of the hard work. They become a little more relaxed, a little more lazy. And then it becomes much, much, much harder for them to win the championship again. And in some sports... It almost never happens. In some sports, it's very rare for a team to win two years in a row. For example, American football, the NFL, the professional league, almost never happens now for a team to win the championship two years in a row. I, I'm trying to remember the last time it happened. I can't even remember the last time a team won two years in a row. And it's because the success contains inside it a danger. A danger of becoming soft. And so the opportunities that the internet gives us, that modern technology give us, also contain inside them these dangers. The danger of becoming spoiled. The danger of becoming impatient. Weak. This is just the way 
things are. It's been this way a long time. A long, 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 long time. Maybe as long as human beings <laughs> have been around. So it's nothing to get upset about. It's just something to be aware of. That's all. I mean, the good news is we can, uh, we can deal with these when we see them. We can deal with these issues, these potential problems. If we are aware of them, then we can prepare for them. So then, so with the technology, for example, we can use it in a disciplined way. We're aware of the dangers. We're aware of the dangers if we uh, use it too much, depend on it too much. We're aware of the danger of becoming lazy and impatient and all those things. And so we control ourselves. We have to use self-discipline so that we can get the advantages of using the technology without the disadvantages, without the dangers, avoiding the dangers. Okay. Discipline. Financial discipline, mental discipline, patience, they're all connected, they're all related. I think this, overall, if I just look at our time period right now in the world and in this year with our with our technology and our modern society i think that overall we have the great opportunities of the technology that make things so much easier for us and then overall the most general danger we have is this danger of laziness and, and impatience and the cure for that the cure for that what we i think most of us need and what most of us should focus on in this modern world is discipline forcing ourselves, pushing ourselves to be self-discipline, self-discipline, because things are so easy, we have to force ourselves to live more simply, to have more self-control. It's so easy not to now. It's so easy to be lazy now. And so our challenge is to control ourselves, because in the past, the environment, the world was so hard and tough. You didn't have to worry about being lazy too much, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Just to survive, you had to work kind of hard. Now we have the good news that we don't have to work so hard just to survive, but if we want to be happy and free, we must be self-disciplined. That's all, it's just a new challenge for a new age. So I encourage you, work on your self-discipline and tell me, tell me on Twitter. My Twitter's AJ Hogue, A-J-H-O-G-E. Tell me, what percent of your income do you use every month? And what percent of your income do you save or invest? All right, so our target, live on 25% spend, live on, use only 25%, save or invest 75%. Are you doing that now? And if not, tell me, what are you doing instead? I'm curious if anybody out there is doing that. All right, hey, have a great Sunday. It's Sunday here in Japan. We got a nice, a fairly cool day. Finally a break from our terrible heat. Got some clouds. It's, I don't know what the temperature is, but it's not horribly hot the way it has been recently. So a cooler day, a relaxing Sunday. I hope you're having a relaxing day too. And I will see you again soon.
As always, join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. EffortlessEnglishClub.com.